Welcome to the Cocky Ride Home for Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. A completely preserved extinct cave bear specimen from the Ice Age has been found in Siberia. Why our dreams have been more intense since the pandemic began. Strange new food and drinks hitting the market, and some beloved ones we won't be seeing this year. And the billionaire who just accomplished his lifelong goal of giving away all of his money. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. Scientists have just discovered a completely preserved extinct cave bear. The Ice Age cave bear of the species Ursus spoleus, which went extinct about 15,000 years ago, is itself between 22,000 to 39,500 years old, and was discovered in the melting permafrost of the Lyakovsky Islands, the southernmost group of the New Siberian Islands. The bear, originally found by reindeer herders, still has its nose, teeth, and internal organs intact. It is the first wholly intact cave bear specimen, scientists having previously only found skeletons. Quoting Science Alert, Cave bears roamed while most of Europe and Asia were covered in glaciers, sharing the landscape with mammoths, saber-toothed cats, and giant ground sloths. The creatures were massive. Males could weigh up to one ton, which is about 500 pounds heavier than the largest bears alive today. End quote. This particular species is believed to be an ancient relative of the modern-day brown bear. And this specimen's precise age will be confirmed once radiocarbon analysis is done by the team at Northeastern Federal University in Yakutsk. As the planet warms, more and more discoveries are being made in the permafrost. Other finds in recent years include a cave bear cub, a 40,000-year-old wolf's head, two lion cubs, an 18,000-year-old puppy, and, of course, the remains of woolly mammoths. So I think we may have talked about this a little bit on the show all the way back in May, which, as we all know, was approximately 17 years ago. But dreams appear to be haunting people around the world at an all-time high, or at least an all-time high of being recorded. Writing in Scientific American, Professor of Psychiatry Tori Nielsen notes that a widespread change in dreaming has been reported after significant events in the past, such as after 9-11. But Nielsen notes, quote, This upwelling of dreams is the first to occur globally, and the first to happen in the era of social media, which makes dreams readily accessible for immediate study. End quote. And a number of studies on dreams are being conducted around the world, and they're also being documented informally online, with projects like the COVID Dreams Bot on Twitter, and the website I Dream of COVID, which illustrates dreams submitted by individuals, although that one doesn't seem to have been updated since late May. Quoting Scientific American, More recent studies found qualitative changes in dream emotions and concerns about health. Dream reports from Brazilian adults in social isolation had high proportions of words related to anger, sadness, contamination, and cleanliness. Text mining of accounts of 810 Finnish dreams showed that most word clusters were laden with anxiousness. 55% were about the pandemic directly, lack of regard for social distancing, elderly people in trouble, and these emotions were more prevalent among people who felt increased stress during the day. A study of 100 nurses conscripted to treat COVID-19 patients in Wuhan, China, revealed that 45% experienced nightmares, 
twice the lifetime rate among Chinese psychiatric outpatients, and many times higher than that among the 5% of the general population who have nightmare disorder." End quote. Nielsen believes there are three main factors for this change in our dreams. Quoting again, "...disrupted sleep schedules augmenting the amount of REM sleep and therefore dreaming." threats of contagion and social distancing taxing dreaming's capacity to regulate emotions, and social and mainstream media amplifying the public's reaction to the surge, end quote. While some people, in particular frontline workers, experienced increased rates of insomnia at the start of the pandemic, once lockdown orders went into effect, other people around the world reported an increase in the amount of sleep they were able to get. And I find this little tidbit fascinating, quote, overall from March 13 to 27, time asleep in the U.S. increased almost 20% nationwide, and states with the longest commute times, such as Maryland and New Jersey, showed the largest increases, end quote. And not only do you go through more cycles of REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep when you sleep longer, but REM sleep is specifically more vivid in the late morning. Quoting again, Increased dreaming during late morning REM intervals results from the convergence of several processes. Sleep itself cycles through deep and light stages about every 90 minutes, but pressure for REM sleep gradually increases as the need for deep, recuperative sleep is progressively satisfied. Meanwhile, a circadian process that is tightly linked to our 24-hour core body temperature rhythm gives an abrupt boost to REM sleep propensity late in the sleep period and stays elevated through the morning." End quote. So people who were skipping their commutes and catching an extra hour of sleep in the morning would have, and based on their qualitative reporting, did have more bizarre dreams than usual. But even if you're not sleeping as well, it turns out that waking up throughout the night can actually cause you to have better recall of your dreams. So even if maybe your dreams aren't any weirder than usual, you could be remembering them better than usual. And of course, stress and trauma can always affect sleeping and dreams, but some scientists think social distancing specifically has had a unique effect on our dreams. A strong component of dreams is social simulation. This mass-scale social isolation we've experienced in our waking hours, which runs contrary in some ways to human evolution, may be clashing with a core function of dreaming and resulting in vivid, stressful dreams. National Geographic has a related theory, quote, with hundreds of millions of people sheltering at home during the coronavirus pandemic, some dream experts believe that withdrawal from our usual environments and daily stimuli has left dreamers with a dearth of inspiration, forcing our subconscious minds to draw more heavily on themes from our past, end quote. And while our day-to-day -day lives may look a bit boring, we're also experiencing a lot of new things for the first time. And dreams tend to prioritize new things, like when you're learning a new skill, meeting new people, or starting a new job, it's common to dream about those things. Of course, a lot of what we're experiencing right now is not happy and fun. Many, many people around the world are experiencing an uptick in nightmares. Experts recommend that anyone struggling with nightmares caused by trauma seek out therapy, if possible. If you're not quite in that traumatic category but still bothered by intense dreams, some psychiatrists also recommend practicing lucid dreaming, becoming aware of when you're dreaming and having some sense of control over your dreams. And if you just want to get to sleep easier regardless of any impact on dreams, Pepsi has got your back. They just announced their new sleep aid drink, Driftwell. Quoting CNBC, 
The enhanced water drink contains 200 milligrams of L-theanine, an amino acid that's found in green and black teas and some mushrooms. A few studies have suggested that the ingredient can improve sleep quality and help reduce the physical symptoms of stress. Driftwell also contains 10% of the recommended daily value of magnesium. The drink comes in 7.5-ounce mini-cans and just one flavor, blackberry lavender, end quote. The drink will hit U.S. markets in early 2021, and PepsiCo says it was created as part of an internal company-wide competition, becoming the fastest new product to ever come out of the company. Ah, good old corporations, always there to help us out in our times of need. Speaking of weird food and drinks, Taco Bell has just announced the launch of a new custom wine to pair with their toasted cheesy chalupa. Jalapeno Noir, which I guess to make use of the Pinot Noir pun should be pronounced incorrectly as Jalapeno Noir, has, quote, notes of wild strawberry, cherry, and beetroot, end quote, which complements the, quote, rich taste and crunchy texture of the beloved toasty cheesy chalupa, end quote. The one type of wine comes in three different unique labels and at just $25 is already being touted as a collector's item. Unfortunately, Jalapeno Noir will only be available in Canada and only for a limited time. But don't worry, if you're in the United States, you can go to Red Lobster for a Dew Garita. The restaurant chain announced the Mountain Dew-based margarita yesterday, saying it's hitting some restaurants this month and will be in all of them by the end of the year. It's Mountain Dew's first ever official cocktail. But as for what's in it, quoting Thrillist, the announcement coyly states that it's a top-secret recipe. All I know is what's in the picture. There's a lime involved, also some kind of red powder around the rim, cayenne salt, chili powder, flaming hot Cheeto dust, we have no idea, end quote. Red Lobster wants you to know that it pairs well with their Cheddar Bay biscuits, and the internet wants you to know that they're horrified, but also will still probably go order one. And one more controversial food take for you today, seasonal peeps are officially suspended until Easter. Just Born, the distributor of Peeps and other candies, told Delish, quote, While Peeps marshmallow candies, Mike and Ike, and Hot Tamales would typically be available in fun shapes and packaging sizes for the Halloween and holiday seasons, unfortunately, the seasonal varieties will not be in stores again until 2021. As you may know, due to the unprecedented COVID-19 pandemic, we temporarily suspended production of our candy brands to ensure the health and safety of our associates. This situation resulted in us having to make the difficult decision to forego production of our seasonal candies for Halloween, Christmas, and Valentine's Day in order to focus on meeting the expected overwhelming demand for peeps for next Easter season, as well as our everyday candies. We look forward to offering our fun seasonal shapes and packaging at all major seasons again, beginning with Halloween of 2021." End quote. And this is in line what I've continued to read reports of and experience personally, that brands are having to pare down their lines in order to keep up demand of the broadest and most basic options. And the internet was predictably torn on the topic, with some people absolutely distraught, and others saying that it's the first good thing to happen in 2020. Richard Cheese on Twitter bemoaned, quote, Why couldn't this happen to candy corn instead? End quote. 
As someone who does not enjoy peeps, I really couldn't care less, but it does make me worry about whether we'll see a shortage of pumpkin and Christmas tree-shaped Reese's. Now that would be tragic. Chuck Feeney was once a billionaire, but now is officially broke, and for the best reason. The 89-year-old founder of the airport retailer Duty Free Shops was committed to a concept he founded called Giving While Living. In contrast to having a foundation in your name after you pass, he encouraged other wealthy individuals to give away at least more than half of their money while they're alive so you can control where it goes and see the effects yourself. Through his foundation Atlantic Charities, Feeney has given away over $8 billion to charities, foundations, and universities, most of which were anonymous or intentionally kept out of the press so that he could focus on the good works instead of the ego boost. According to Forbes, Feeney set aside around $2 million for he and his wife's retirement, which means that his donations of over $8 billion calculates out to Feeney having given away 375,000% more money than his current net worth. His giving while living concept inspired Bill Gates and Warren Buffett's giving pledge. Gates said of Feeney, quote, Chuck created a path for other philanthropists to follow. I remember meeting him before starting the giving pledge. He told me that we should encourage people not to give just 50%, but as much as possible during their lifetime. No one is a better example of that than Chuck. Many people talk to me about how he inspired them. It is truly amazing, end quote. Feeney was interested in spending a lot to help out with solutions, as opposed to having a post-mortem foundation throw a few dollars here and there each year. Some of his major donations include, quoting Forbes, Feeney gave $3.7 billion to education, including nearly $1 billion to his alma mater, Cornell, which he attended on the GI Bill, more than $870 million went to human rights and social change, like $62 million in grants to abolish the death penalty in the U.S., and $76 million for grassroots campaigns supporting the passage of Obamacare. He gave more than $700 million in gifts to health, ranging from a $270 million grant to improve public health care in Vietnam to a $176 million gift to the Global Brain Health Institute at the University of California, San Francisco. End quote. On Monday, he signed documents to shutter Atlantic Philanthropies, which had long ago established 2020 as their deadline for giving away Feeney's money in the most impactful ways possible. Feeney was in part able to give away so much by spending very little on himself. Forbes describes his San Francisco apartment as austere and dorm-like. And while it's not like Feeney and his wife are actually going to be struggling to pay the bills or anything, you know, he didn't actually take some sort of vow of monkhood and give up all of his earthly possessions, as some headlines might lead you to believe. But I do suppose it is still nice to know that he chose to spend the majority of his money on other people and doing good in the world instead of buying a fleet of helicopters in his own private island. That is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Conky.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'm going to go try to practice some lucid dreaming so I can avoid the inevitable nightmare tonight about woolly mammoths sipping on dugaritas. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. 